check it out, HDR kids. We've got more interviews with the Blue Army. Buckle up, keep your hands and feet inside the aisle, and bring, bring it, it on. on. What's up? What's up, dude? Back at it. Episode two. Uh, sound effects are not off yet. <laughs> I'll edit that. Uh, so more interviews. Uh, did you listen to them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Otherwise, we might not have an episode. <laughs> Three interviews today. We're going to go Fresh. through them all. This is um, Hope Court. If you guys are not, I'm hitting the table and I always say not to do that. And you're like doing really good. You're like still as a statue. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with Hope Court, it is a... Um, program designed to basically to help you bring it on. To uh, they keep, actually, I to think, gi- to give your core hope. Huh. To give your core. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> your core being your church. And you're going to bring hope back to your own church because their whole idea with Hope Core is that you go, you get some concentrated learning on how to reach out into your city and your um, everywhere around you, and then bring it on home. That's one of their their mottos. So when we say that we were at in Roatan, we were doing an intensive training week, which is like days and days of classes. It's intensive. It was intense. <laughs> it is intense. Like it's like you're sitting there learning and then like at points you're trying to keep your eyeballs open. I mean your your eyelids <laughs> because it's a lot of learning and it's a lot of taking in, but it's also a lot of challenging. Like it's like, come on, let's do this. Let's let's bring it on. So all you bring it oners one day should be hope corers. Plug, shameless plug. <laughs> but um so Hope Corps students sat down with me during this week. You're all day in classes, either outreaching classes, church. Um, you do get a free day. But other than that, you are going, going, going. And towards the end of the night, there's a, some time to hang out uh, where you got to decide if you're going to sleep and prepare for the next day or if you're going to hang out for a little bit. And during that time, they all took their time out to do this. So let's tune in to the first interview. Okay, so I have another Hope Corps student with me, and this is, go ahead and give us your name. Haley Hicks. I'm from the Rock Church in Laurel, under the leadership of Jerry Rally. And no relation, by the way. Haley Hicks, Rihanna Hicks. There's no oh, relation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what do you do at your local church? I teach Sunday school, and I sing on the platform. Sunday school. That's a, yeah. that's a little bit of a load, huh? It's a lot. So you have an interesting story that you wanted to talk about. You have had um, some medical issues at a very young age. Yeah, it started in 2016. And how old were you? I were I, um, <laughs> I, I was 14 at the time. Ooh, okay. And so tell, tell us a little bit about what happened and uh, so how it made you feel. I was at school and unexpectedly I started having really bad like seizures. Whoa, that's not that's not like that's not the intro into medical issues. That's like full yeah, on. Yeah, it was a lot. So um, you're in the middle of class. Yeah, and, and something that's never happened to you before yeah. happens, and it's very serious. Yeah, and it's like I don't know something like that like affects you really strong whenever you're in a public school. Sure, I mean you don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm sure you felt like pretty you know strange, like you were the odd one. Yeah. Um, so what, what happened after that? What did, what took place? Um, so I started going, I was in the hospital, in and out of the hospital for a little over, I'm trying to think what it was. So I stopped having medical issues about a year ago. Mm-hmm. I wow. was in and out of the hospital and stuff. And through all of that, like I went to church and I was like really involved, but I never really had any like good friends. Uh-huh. So like going through all that, you feel alone. 
Oh, I bet. And so, well, and plus you're in and out of the hospital yeah, during school. Yeah, during like, school. And like when you're in the hospital and you don't have nobody around, you start feeling like, oh, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But you always know that God's there for you. Yeah, so how do you, how, I mean, what did you do? What was it that got you through? Like when you started to get lonely and you started to think like nobody understands what I'm going through and nobody's here for me. How did you, how did you get through all that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of other HDR kids out there yeah. that, have, that have issues like that or been in and out of hospitals. And what, what did you do? And then, and then tell us maybe what you would say to somebody who's in that situation. I started, I'm a really, I write, oh, I okay. write, I write short stories and just, I write. So like I would write stuff and then like what I would say to somebody in, and I also done this myself. I met, I was like my my biggest like my best friend mm-hmm. was the Bible. I made the Bible my best friend. Oh, that's so good. That's so, so good. So, were there any um, specific stories or any specific uh, uh, passages that stuck out to you during that time? Not really. I just every time I'd get down and like lonely, I would just go to scripture. That's so good. So. It, that kind of makes me think of when they say standing on the word of God. Yeah. Like we don't need to literally stand on it, but how do you do that? You yeah. Act, you read your Bible in those moments. Read about other people who struggle because really there you can yeah. find you can find almost anybody's story in that book. You really can. And what would you tell some young person who is battling with medical issues, battling with loneliness, battling with the fact that nobody understands what they're going through? Um, what would you say to them? What would you encourage them to do? I would encourage them to keep praying, pray harder than you ever have because prayer, talking to God, he's always there. Yeah. And did you pray fancy prayers? Like, no. were you like no. a culture? <laughs> no. I, w- I talked to him like he was there, like he was there, like, yes, he's yeah. my best friend. We're always saying that yeah. to all the HDR kids, you know, it doesn't have to be like our father, which are in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could just talk to him like he really is yeah. your like, best friend. Like walking around the house or even in the hospital, just talking to him like, you know, I'm going through this and I don't really like it, but you're here. Talk, you know, yes. just talk to him like you're there. I love it. All right, Haley Hicks, thank you so much for telling us a little bit about your story. I'm sure it'll help somebody else who may be going through that. Oh, well, you're welcome. Super, 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 super cool. And I never really took my health very seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to die when I broke my wrist. I was, <laughs> I, right, <laughs> right when I, like, when I almost cut my finger off, I was like, the world is ending. And, you know, her advice, though, about reading your Bible is such a big deal. I mean, do you read your Bible enough? Do no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. There, it feels like there could definitely be some more Bible reading. <laughs> have you ever read the Bible all the way through? No, I haven't. Have you tried? I've been, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right to work on it. It's. I bet you there's a bunch of HDR kids out there who've never read the Bible all the way through. <clears throat> I happen to know that was not the mic. That was my voice just cracking. I happen to know there's a lot of adults who have not read the Bible all the way through. So the next interview is uh, William Walker. Okay, guys, I have somebody else for us. This is another Hope Corps student who actually didn't make it in on the first day. Oh, yeah, COVID yeah, hits. Had a couple of issues. Um, t- this is William, and I don't actually even know your last name. Walker. So this, this is a good time for us to go over it. William Walker, and I just pulled him on over to the table and told him to sit down. And we're going to hear a little bit of his testimony because you, you did you grow up in church? No, ma'am. And how old were you when you got into church then? 16. Wow. So teenage years, that's a fun time of transition already, rough enough. So what, br- what brought you to church? How did you get into church? So a little story behind it is a little background story. Um, 
my great grandmother, she had 17 kids, and she Ooh. wanted to make sure that all her uh, kids went to church, and uh -huh. she was blind. And so uh, this old blind woman will go around and make sure every 17 kids, uh, she lives exactly right in front of the church. Uh -huh. And so she brings all the uh, 17 kids in that church. And, uh, well, that's she basically brought the whole Sunday school. Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, and my, great, my grandmother was one of those 17 kids, and she would tell stories how they was poor, and she was going out, she has a hunt to provide for so. Mm -hmm. And so later down the road, she had my mother, which when then I was born, and we were going to a uh, Sunday school. Uh, we went to church from until it was five, five years old, for say. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Next thing you know, my um, mom childhood friend popped out of nowhere and said, hey, uh, let's go out to the bar. And so uh, she found a guy at the bar stool, and next thing you know, she got her eyes off from God. And uh, that's one of the things she went from a happy family who uh, believed in God and everything. My mother was a, the uh, youth director for about a whole bunch of years or so. Oh, okay. And so... Uh, she got off the, uh, out of the church, and that uh, the boyfriend turned out to be a very uh, a drug addict and very abusive. Oh my! And so uh, we had an experience uh, watching her get abused for about ten years or so. That's rough. And uh, know what it's like to have a uh, drug sold in and out of the house, alcohol, everything. Yeah. And then my sister started going to this apostolic church one year, and um, how old was she? She was probably about uh, fifteen at this time. Okay. Uh, a story behind that, uh, my, there's a lady named uh, Sister Davis, and she would go out on the streets, and she would go up to random kids and say, I pay you $5 if you can come to church with me. Hey. We didn't know she was paying $5 until eventually we got these kids popping down nowhere. They was like, hey, where's my $5 at? <laughs> and so uh, my, uh, pa and sh we don't know how she get the money, though, but my uh, pastor was like, she had to pull my, uh, the lady behind uh, to the side and said, "Hey, we, we can't do that. We don't want. We want people." He said, "I believe what your ministry is, but sure. we want them coming the right way." Hey, I mean, because I would have been right in line with them. I'd have been like, "Where's my five bucks?" And then oh, I would yes, come back dressed up in a wig and been like, "Hey, where's my five bucks?" <laughs> and so uh, my sister was one of those five. Uh, the people got the five dollars from, and uh, she prayed to God to the altar that night and said, "God, I want my family saved." And so, Your 15 year old uh, sister. Yes. Wow. And so the uh, pastor's wife was like, there's something special about that kid. And uh, next thing you know, the uh, boyfriend got caught with all the drugs and uh, with all the rent money. He was about to get evicted from apartments. Uh huh. And so my, um, my uh, mother took one uh, smoke of her drug and threw it on the ground and said, I can't live this way anymore. And uh, next thing you know, she flushed every single pill, every single drug within the apartment. Just like cold turkey. Just out. If you guys know anything about that, I know some of you have experienced that in your families. You can't just quit a drug. That's That doesn't happen. People go into withdrawals. They get sick. Right. And uh, they was dropping off my sister for um, to ask to see if we can go to a youth class. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother stepped outside the van. And she asked, I need prayer. And so, uh, we, like I said, we're church. my church is five years old. Ne this never happened before. It was my pastor's daughter. And so she was shy at that time. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, well, we can pray for you Sundays and Thursdays, you know. Uh -huh. But my mom got in the mindset, I need something now. 
So they got out of the van, they laid hands on her, she spoke in tongues in, a, in the most ghetto side of town. Wow, see see why you guys can't wait? That's they, they didn't even wait. They didn't wait till they got her to church. They didn't wait till the sun was out. They didn't wait till they had their suits and ties on. And I mean, it sounds like this was like the changing pivotal moment. Hey man, we uh, you see, after we in the Holy Ghost, uh, we live in an apartment complex where uh, there are a lot of drugs sold out. Mm -hmm. And so we got guys, uh, the doors were wide open, and we had people standing outside watching her getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow, like and, the whole, basically the whole groupie over there, everybody saw it. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we had to live in a homeless shelter for like numbers of years. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, God, well, a year or so, and uh, God started putting our family back together. And so uh, most people uh, say, uh, rock, uh, you lose everything, is you're gone. But uh, we lost everything to gain everything back. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's like the odds, you know, the odds. You shouldn't be standing here. Right. Like, and not just because you almost, you missed a COVID test or something. <laughs> he had, he missed a, not missed. He had some issues with taking a COVID test oh, yeah. to get here to Roatan. But here's the deal, guys. This guy, we should have known he was a fighter. We should have known this story was going to be like this and that his mom was because he made it happen. He got the test through, he got here and you shouldn't be here at all. Yes, like no. you really shouldn't be. That's, that's amazing. And it's really because of your sister more than even your yes. mom. And she was only 15. Yes, ma'am. 15-year-olds don't hardly ever make good decisions. Right. Like, I mean, I know I didn't. Like, and I, I just think it's amazing that because of one child's faith. That's what my uh, pastor preached on about a lot of times, the power of one. Because uh, at the homeless state, my uh, mom used to be very shy. And uh, there's people coming out with similar testimonies. And God just gave her a burden just like that. And she found like a hundred people from the from the homeless shelter, and my uh, pastor. There's a uh, whole big stack of cards in his uh, office right now, that uh, that over the years that my mom has uh, brought to the church just for similar testimonies. Wow! Like I'm really, I am actually trying to hold back tears right now. Like that. Everybody's got a testimony, and I, I feel like everything's amazing. But man, when I hear these stories. And you, I'm sure you can look back at points yes, and you, you see exactly where the hand of God said now, yes. now, now. Um, on a less serious note, so I don't start bawling here, what church are you from? True Life Worship Center. And, and where is that at? Harrogold, Arkansas. Is that a big city? It's a small town, little uh, northeast Arkansas. And, you, and you've lived there all your life? Um, yes, ma'am. Who is um, your pastor? Carl Clark. So who who are who's been some influences in your life? Obviously your mom and your sister. Yes. Um, but who else has made a major impact on your life and why? Actually, my uh, pastor made a uh, great impact in my life. Um, I never got uh, had much of a father in my life mm -hmm. until uh, at the age of uh, 18, where I got a phone call that said that my uh, father is dying from uh, cancer. Man. And so he wants to uh, spend the rest of his life to gain a relationship back. And so right now I'm in the process of uh, witnessing every opportunity I can. But uh, my pastor was a great influence in my life. He uh, took me to side and uh, raised the man that I am right now, a kid that came from the streets, no doing anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been a major influence on my ministry. I've been a minister for about a year now. Wow. And so uh, 
because of him uh, taking someone off the streets and his burden for young kids and stuff like that. That's one of the reasons why I hear. It's that phrase that you hear in that song, put my feet on solid ground. It's like it, God puts you where you never could have stood on your own. We never could have climbed hard enough, fought hard enough to be standing where we're at today. Like neither of us should be sitting at this table today yes, doing this interview. And I'm just, I'm. thank you for sitting down and thank you for telling this story to the Holy Ghost Radio kids because some of these kids, they may be dealing with the same thing. Maybe they don't have one of their parents, or maybe they are struggling to make it around a church, or maybe they are not, they're in dire circumstances, or maybe they just don't see the hope. But, um, I mean, even the fact that all these years later, you're getting to work on a relationship with your dad, and not only is it just like a normal story where, hey, me and my father reunited, but, hey, I'm, I'm reaching out to my father because right. God can save him. Right. And what an opportunity. It's an amazing story. I remember uh, he used to be t uh, afraid of COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, he couldn't, he, he, uh, his cancer is so bad that uh, he can't sleep at night. And so I remember uh, I stood up to him at 12 o'clock in the morning. And uh, he was watching the news. And he looked at me and he just said, William, we need uh, the church. And ever since I know him, he said, the church got to close down. The church got to close down. Mm -hmm. And so uh, me being a little bold, I said, uh, why, Dad? He said, people cannot get the Holy Ghost. We cannot lay hands on them. This guy's a wow. ba Baptist, uh, doesn't believe in what we believed in. <gasps> and uh, he said, Dad, have you ever seen the Holy Ghost before? And I said, no, but I went to a church and see a woman got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I don't think it's for anybody. And I said, Dad. The Bible says, for the uh, promise unto you and your children, to everyone that's afar off, to everyone that's right, that call. Right, right. And I said, I believe you can get the Holy Ghost. And so since then, we've been kind of witnessing every once, every opportunity I can get. And now he just got the COVID, uh, COVID vaccine. So uh, pretty soon he might be coming to the uh, sanctuary before the Holy Ghost. Wow. So. Um, what, I'm always saying, um, <laughs> if I could ask you to tell your younger self something. If you could go back to that kid who didn't have a dad, who was homeless, wandering around, whose sister had just left for church or was just getting to church, what would you tell that kid? What would you tell even the Holy Ghost Radio kids who are in church right now? Because it, honestly, it doesn't matter your circumstances. Right. Everybody's got to find that relationship. And they can find it at six years old. It doesn't have to wait. Your sister was 15. Amen. So what would, what would you tell them? Um, Any advice? I think as a kid growing up in the, uh, the, the environment I'm in is uh, God loves you. Yes. Uh, That's so a, important. As a kid, I never know what it's like to uh, feel loved. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, uh, my mom, who was uh, the only person I had, was always struggling on drugs. And so I never had that uh, motherly uh, environment, for say. I never yeah. had that motherly love much in my life. I understand I always that. felt that... Uh, the person that's easily tossed to the side. Yeah. And so, uh, what really got me through the years, per se, in my ministry, my ministry, my relationship with God, is just knowing that I'm loved. Yes. Just knowing that there's someone who's willing to die for me, willing to be there, no matter what I'm going through or the circumstance I'm going through. Right. Because I never had that in my life. I never had a stable person that says always going to be there. Yeah. You know, as a kid, I used to get bullied a lot and stuff like that. And so I never had companionship with friends or anything. Yeah. And so until I started going to this church, because I was a Baptist uh, for about 10 of those years, and there's always a, a yearning for God. Yeah. I've been to his services where there's a bunch of people who is uh, crying and weeping. And there's uh, that's when they go and say, um, 
confess your sins as your Lord and Savior, you know? Yeah, right, and right. And there's something in me that there's always something more. And so I remember finally going to that church. I remember going to the altar, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost uh, at my church. And, man, since then, it was just like God just revealed himself to me as that yes. father that I needed, that that the loving parent, uh, parent I never had in my life. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like he... he uh, took me and wrapped me around his arm is because of his love is I'm the person I am right now. Yes. It, because of his love I can uh if someone crosses me in the street I can go over there and pray for that person. Yes. Or or if someone says something bad about me, I can go and pray for someone because he loved me first when I couldn't love myself. And you know, I think I can see and maybe you Holy Ghost Radio kids can see too that God might have put you into such deep loneliness and not not purpose not maybe he put you but God might have used that deep loneliness that he right. knew was going to occur for you to see that so clearly because we see God loves me on pencils. We see it on the back of bumper stickers. It's one of those phrases that kind of gets overused, but that doesn't make it any less true or any less powerful and it and it doesn't matter if you're in the church if you're not in the church if you're rich if you're poor if you're in dire circumstances or if you're on top of the mountain it doesn't change the fact that god loves us right. so thank you so much for sharing that story i i don't there i'm sure there are kids out there who feel that all the way across thank you for being vulnerable with us we appreciate it anytime like super cool thing that stood out to me was someone being 15 the only person in your family going to church and Askings, God to heal your family completely. Like when I was 15, I was, oh wait, I'm not 15. <laughs> so. I was totally listening to you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what happened when you were 15? <laughs> um, I can relate to that. I was 15. I had just turned 15 and I was the only one. And it was hard. I'm actually still the only one. And it still can be hard. Um, so yeah, she was standing there at the altar in, in that church, brand new in church, brand new in church, not like a veteran asking God to like, just brand new, like asking God to heal her family. And really it was the sister. If the sister hadn't made that step forward, then the mom wouldn't have, and then nobody else would have, it would have never, now it's all the way into impacting his dad that he now has a relationship with. So right. that's quite amazing. That's, that's the blessing of God. That's the, the healing. And like we say. That's history. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> All right, the last one. You don't want to miss this one. Okay, the next person of the night is Austin McClure. And uh, how old are you? Where are you from? Who's your pastor? I'm 27. Uh I'm from Gene, Louisiana, mm -hmm. uh, all my life, and current pastor is Brother Zach Wells. Oh, oh, and you know what? Aren't you Brother Coon's grandson? Yes, I am. How many times have you heard that? Uh, many a time. <laughs> How many times have you heard it in this ITW? Um, I can't count it. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot, um, but that's what I wanted to bring out to the HDR kids is that you have a very very well-known grandfather and so whenever anybody finds out who you are they're like oh yeah you're his you're his grandson and um, I am sitting here wondering like what's that like I know that had to be um, some pressure or maybe even like uh, a stigma with that or you know what was that like for you growing up I'm sure at times it was very good right like hospitality rooms <laughs> oh yeah there there was a uh, you know some pressure because when you're running around the church as a little kid, you know, everybody's looking at you like, well, there goes the preacher's kid, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> so you kind of get away with 
some stuff, but uh-huh. then stuff, some stuff you don't. There, <laughs> some stuff they're a little more strict. Yeah, they're like, well, and you're the preacher's kid. Yeah. You should be. And and uh, one thing I learned at a very young age is everyone watches you. It, you've Glass always house. got, you've always got eyes on you. Yeah. Don't matter if they're younger or older than you. You've always got eyes on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, no matter where you're at, there's always a pair of eyes on you. Uh, what were some? Um, what were so you know we got some you were saying up sometimes you could get away with things because you're older <laughs> but what were some of the downs to that because sometimes that could be hard it, it is it's hard being in a glass house all the time it's yeah. hard where when everybody's watching you for the good for the bad they know everything yeah um, you know really as far as the bad I can't really say there is any bad to it uh, yeah people do watch you but if you use that for the good you can affect other people's lives yes. Uh, yes. You know. Because you could look at it and say, oh, yeah, this was bad. That was yeah. bad. This was da 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 yeah. But you didn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at one time I was, I had a grandfather who was a preacher, a mm-hmm. daddy a preacher, and, and a pastor. So mm-hmm. I had three, you know, three things going for me. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, even, even now that we live in a small town, you know, I meet people. They're still like, they can still say that's Crawford Coons' grandson, mm-hmm. you know. So I still have that title, it, even in our small town, you know. Sure. And um, and I I've had to introduce myself, you know. My last name is McClure. So when preachers walk up to me and say, "What's your name?" Well, I'm Austin McClure. Well, pride thing is I, I don't ever say <laughs> I'm I'm Crawford Coons' grandson, you uh-huh. know. Which I could play that card, but it's a pride thing. It, it's more of a, you know, you have to always draw that line to where, you know, I am Crawford Coons' grandson, but I draw the line that one day I've got to make my own name for my own self. Yes. You know. And that's not always an easy process. No, it's not. Oh, uh, and you know, the things I regret is starting, starter at, starting at a younger age creating that name. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I look back at the opportunities that I actually missed. You know, and if that's any advice that I'd have to give anybody, uh, start while you're young. You know. Uh, how, and how would they do that? How would um, an eight-year-old pastor somebody's conference speaker somebody's <laughs> son? What What would you What could you have done at eight? What would you think you know, would have helped? Which really, I guess, maybe at that age. I never really thought about it. Maybe it was more towards your teens? Yeah, maybe more towards your teens, you know. Don't be afraid to go ask, you know, to get on the platform, you know, that and I and I don't chase it for the wrong reason. Right. But, you know, uh being a, a PK, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're kinda there there's a good chance that you are called right. to that, that area, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not, you can always lead service. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. You've got that in your blood, you know, just the way I feel about it. Yeah. You know. Nope. Because one thing is a monkey see, monkey do. You right. Know. Oh, yeah. You've been around it your whole life. Uh-huh. So you, you, you see the, uh, you see what goes on in service, and then you get to go home and you and you get to hear the backside of everything. Yeah. So you're not, you kind of know more, more about church than 
want the little kids, other kids to come it's true. and they go it's home, true. they don't hear the, well, this was wrong. This mm-hmm. was wrong. I told them to do this and yeah. they didn't. They yep. did this, you know. Mm-hmm. Been way more ups than downs. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I mean, you could have let the downs eat you up. Like I said, you really can. You can let them get to you because the downs can be hard. Yeah. Like, you know, hearing, knowing things about people and knowing things about how your parents are treated or how anybody else is treated, knowing the backstory can be hard, knowing all that in your head and still loving people yep. and serving people. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's in, I think it's good that you're 27, you're here at Hope Corps. What brought you to Hope Corps? Uh, well, actually, I had done Hope Corps way back in the back in the past uh-huh. actually in 2012 i think it was oh, okay. 2011 or 12 and um i failed a couple classes didn't get to go to itw and you know at young the young age i was i was more interested in other stuff sure but uh there's never a time to not turn back and go redo stuff you know yeah so, so yeah 2012 was a bit back but you, <laughs> but you didn't stop yeah. and, and you came and uh, I, I hope you enjoyed it I hope next time you'll bring you know, family yeah oh uh, you know uh, i think i think one thing is i look back and you know it kind of looks like a failure that i failed two classes in my but i think i'm more prepared for it now than i was then i think it i think it affected me more now than it would have been it would have been you might have taken some of it for granted yeah so i think it's all in the perfect time in the will of god do you have any other advice for all the hdr kids just start now yes you know don't wait don't wait i always tell them hey if you mess up now you're like young nobody's gonna care you know if you if somehow you go out to teach a Bible study and you only know so many verses or you can only quote Acts 2.38, you're still doing better than half the people out there. Yep. So, you know, just get out there and do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping in and saying something to all the kids. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. You know what stood out to me was hmm. him saying that he like he could have like played that card. I mean... Oh. I would I would have probably played it. I would have been like, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. I'm like the coolest kid around <laughs> right now. <laughs> Bow down. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know you pull the older sibling card. Like <laughs> that's the only card we got, you and I, but <laughs> But yeah, I would totally be pulling that card and like walking into hospitality rooms and like getting out of trouble. And, <laughs> you know, I, I would and you know, he, he didn't play that card and then it's good that he didn't do that and then get accustomed to it because one day that card was gone and right. then then what do you do you know so i think it's cool that through all of that as a preacher's kid as a famous preacher's grandkid he never never let himself get bitter cuz that's hard being watched he said that you're always being watched who wants to do that i mean i guess there's some people out there wesley <laughs> <laughs> just kidding wes um because Wesley's not like that, actually. No. But, I mean, I guess there might be some crazy person out there who likes to be watched all the time, but nobody wants every move that they make to be watched. Just and like little kids at, like, a pool. Hey, Mom, Mom, watch me do this. Yeah, but that's, like, for a minute. Right. You don't want your mom watching everything you do. You'd be like, Mom, stop doing this. But you can't control that when everybody else is watching your steps. But right. he never let himself get, like, angry about it. I'd be angry. I'd be like, what you looking at, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was powerful i think that you know just remind remembering not to get better and and just remembering you know don't be afraid to start doing now right like, right like you um 
you were nervous about doing the podcast. <laughs> I was. I was. I'll be I sh- honest. I should be videoing you right now so everybody can see the sheer remembrance of terror that you had. Uh, I think even Wesley was, he was like excited. And then when we got in here, he was like, Ugh. and, um, you know, you, even you, I'll use you as an example <laughs> because that's all right. You're stuck in this room and you can't go anywhere. Um, but even you, uh, <laughs> oh, were you just looking at the door like you were going to go? <laughs> even you, um, are working in the media. I see you up there running the cameras for the video feed and, uh, you know, helping out. I think, yeah, you have, you been to outreach a few times. Yeah. I, uh, bus ministry. bus ministry. That's early on Sunday mornings. Yeah. yeah. Like the, what was it like the third week I was doing it? I was like, why am I doing this again? Waking <laughs> up at six o'clock for the kids, for the HDR uh, kids. Right. <laughs> but yeah, his advice to just get up and do now, um, maybe you don't get up on the platform and minister, but you can get up and bake cookies for a Sunday school class that needs snack. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. It's stressful to find snack or bus ministry. They always need other kids to help kids. Kids talk to kids. That's why we do in this podcast. <laughs> but uh, there are things that you can do if you want to follow um, Brother McClure's advice and do now. Go talk to your parents and talk to your pastor because your pastor could tell you the best place to plug you in. He could also keep you from not going too far like hey pastor i'll mow the church lawn every saturday and you and you can't even reach the lawnmower (laughs) great advice great advice those are super great interviews don't forget to tune in next week for some more interviews with the blue army yeah and don't forget you guys can find us on instagram at the official bring it on and also you could write to us at the official bring it on at gmail.com uh, we are we get them right away. We get really excited, and I'm really bad because, Gerard, if you're listening, literally your letter is up in our, it's like on a gold background in a picture frame in our studio, and I have not written you back. So shout out to Gerard because he's probably still like a good friend and listening and everything, and we haven't even written him back. But we want you to know every time we come in the studio, it's like one of the first things we see because it's right on our back wall in a place of honor. But tune in again, guys, and until those next interviews, keep it real and bring bring it it on. on.